Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. It has arrived. The Rugby World Cup is just around the corner. and Why not enjoy it with some ice-cold craft beer from our friends at Beer52. Get yourself over to beer52.com forward slash thistle and you'll get yourself a crate of eight free beers and a snack to enjoy while you're watching the rugby. This month, they all come from the East Coast of America, Boston, Massachusetts, and there's some great stuff in there. That's beer52.com forward slash thistle. All you have to do is pay £4.95 in postage and packaging, and they will be sent straight to your door. Get yourself over to beer52.com forward slash thistle and get yourself some beers. All right. Welcome to Thistle 100, the 100th episode of everybody's favourite and the undisputed original Scottish rugby (laughs) podcast. Alan, welcome back from Vegas. How was Elton? Oh, mate, he was unreal. Was he? Oh, generally one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. So good. Three three hours, non-stop. Three hours. Two costume changes. Wow. Only, only two in three hours. Okay. I mean, seventy-two. Yeah, fair play. That's <laughs> like, yeah. What was the, uh, what was the best song? What was your favorite? Uh, Candle in the wind. I'm an emotional guy. You crying? I had a little tear. Is that when you proposed Me- to Ashley? That- <laughs> <laughs> proposed to Bertie actually. How was, was nice. how was the chapel in the end? The Elvis Weird. Chapel. It's, Elvis Chapel. It's you know Thursday night at two a.m. Getting <laughs> married in a in a chapel in Vegas. It's it's a grim crowd of a morning. Your outfit was like. 
pretty good though. You look just like Elvis. To well, be fat fair. Elvis. Well, yeah, the, the, yeah. The Elvis, the Elvis when he's when he's he died on the toilet with the cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, you seem in good spirits for a man who had his uh, his life stolen away from him. Last yeah, well, week. I was just thinking. Normally, I've got my laptop here to check facts and stuff, but that uh, is gone. It's in a pawn shop somewhere. Well, so if you're not recycled for titanium, yeah. sadly, a less funny story. Yeah, I know. But if you're not checking facts, that's you know the <laughs> yes, one sort of anchor that's, that's, the, that's the one anchor this podcast ever had. So uh, I've got got a brew dog in front of me. So happy with that. Yeah, it's very very good. So thank you very much for coming back for our 100th episode. Um, it was the 31st of October was our first uh, ever ep, um, 2016. So we've been going for just under three years. Jesus, we spent an awful lot of time together. This yeah. is what we've done with three years of our lives. This is it. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> which feels good. So, and as we are, we are on the cusp of our first World Cup together, though, which is very exciting. Mm. Lots and lots to look forward to. Obviously, we've not been with you for a couple of weeks because of the uh, the robbery last week, um, keeping us uh, occupied. So we're going to have a look at the final Scotland squad, a little bit of a look at the Georgia game, and then a general look ahead to the Rugby World Cup and then we'll be back next week to do a full-on Ireland preview. As ever, you have been chatting to us loads. Thank you very much for your, your birthday well wishes on Twitter, Thistle understroke, oh no wait, at Thistle Rugby Pod. I'm getting that stuff wrong still at this time. Um, on Instagram, Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod and we will be dipping into the mailbag later at the Thistle Rugby at Gmail. Com. But as ever, it's been two weeks, so there has actually been quite a lot of news, including a signing for Edinburgh and a signing for Glasgow. So, Scottish-born Sam Thompson has returned to Edinburgh. He's been playing down in Australia. I'm going to say Warringah in Sydney. Yes. Yep. Um, and also for, I think, Sydney University in the NRC. Have I got that wrong? I think it's just Sydney. Just Sydney? Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. We don't have Matt's uh, laptop to check that, so it's all fine. Um, what do you guys think of that business one year back at Edinburgh? Well, I think he'd been... I think he was profiled by Mark Palmer in the Times and maybe on the offside line as well. Yeah. And we know that Marky Martin knows obviously everything that's going yeah, on. The, the SAU SAU. were like, how do you feel yeah. about... You should profile that guy down in Australia. <laughs> yeah. laid, laid the ground for him. Um, but I think... On, I, I go on the Green and Gold Rugby website sometimes and they post quite a lot by the NRC and sorry the, the competition under that I don't know what that's called Damn. but where he was playing for Warringah and he was regularly getting in their like team of the week and I think got in their team of the season in the end Oh nice! and I think there was chat that he was potentially going to get a contract at the Brumbies oh, really? I think and, and obviously he's got a contract with Sydney in the NRC which is kind of I think pro semi-pro yeah um obviously he's coming a bit of a roundabout way back to the pro teams but kind of similar to like murray douglas something like that yeah fair play team he's gone and like played a lot of rugby so be pretty yeah, good, good world man. cup cover how good would be the scotland scout job in australia or sydney the dream that is the best that's probably that's probably the best scouting post in the world isn't it yeah i don't know i mean the guy in japan Oh, yeah, literally doing, nothing to do. He's yeah. doing nothing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I suppose North, if you North like England, watching rugby. If you like yeah. watching rugby. <laughs> I yeah. think Alan Tate's the North of England scout. I reckon he absolutely loves that. That'd be yeah. a good life. Be all right. Be all right. Yeah. We'll go to Carlisle every weekend. Right. I live in Newcastle. 
<laughs> exactly. Stop proving my point. <laughs> Awful. Um, um, no, he's had a because he's like played. He was in like the. I know he was at Glasgow for a little bit, and then he got. I think bad he played injury. like less than five games or something. And then I was having with Luke today, and he's obviously he's had a bit of time in Perpignan. Yeah. Played in New Zealand for a little bit, so you know, done the rounds. But I think good, got, good to have him back. I think he got a bad injury. A badly timed injury as yeah. he was sort of yeah. coming into Probably the Glasgow one, setup. One cap for Glasgow. Yeah, but very exciting to see him back in Scottish rugby. Always happy only, to see these the lads. The only thing I say about it is it seems like Edinburgh keeps Edinburgh's like second rows. If you look at it, they've got so many that aren't even going to the World Cup. Like, yeah, I was thinking Hunter Hill, Douglas, Hodgson, Mackenzie, Carmichael, Carmichael. Like I don't know. Seems Car- like the kind of guy who could have gone across to Glasgow when they yeah. probably don't have as many. No, agreed. And especially with then, I mean, it'll probably be late October, but then you just got Toulouse and Gilchrist to come back. I think um, my Douglas was interviewed by Edinburgh today, and he's actually on a short-term deal because he's he? signed a two-year deal with the Brumbies. Ah, so he yeah, he's got, just he's World Cup cover. Yeah, he's got a gap. So got you. Unless they want to make it, they buy him out of his contract. I, I don't yeah. know. All right, and then Glasgow um, signing, and I will definitely get this right. Aki Uli. From the Highlanders down in uh, New Zealand. He's a prop. I don't know which side of the scrum he plays on, but that doesn't loose really head. matter. He's a loose head, is he? Yeah, yep. number one. Good for him. Um, and he's come to Glasgow. Nice, nice highlights reel. Very sort of explosive, quick-looking guy. Yeah. No, looks pretty good. I mean, 36 caps for the Highlanders, and he sort of missed the season with an ACL injury. But... So we were chatting earlier, I've randomly have actually seen him play in the flesh. Oh, wow. And in that game, he looked absolute beast, to be fair. Um, only thing that I thought was a bit random, because initially I thought potentially this is kind of helping with Rugby World Cup cover. But actually, A, he will have to play the rest of the Mitre 10 Cup, which will take him to at least the middle of October, end of October, before he joins Glasgow. Is that presuming they make Middle finals, of October is the or, end. Oh, really? Just the, the normal kind of Yeah, matches. and then finals take you to the end of October. Right. Um, and then also, anyway, you've got Ollie Kebble and Alex Allen already there. Mm. So it just, whilst I don't hate it, again, and I don't know how much he's on, It's it didn't, with Kebble and Alex Allen there, it didn't feel like it was a position that desperately needed strengthening. He can cover fullback, though. Which is good. <laughs> Hugh Jones is covering football. I know. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was a bit. I'd be a bit insulted if I was Hugh Jones. Yeah, I was a bit thrown by that comment because I I can see why potentially Hugh Jones could cover wing because he has played there for like Western Province. Well, he's played at fullback for Western Province as well. To be fair, oh, has he? Yeah, apparently. But I think I, if I was Hugh Jones, I'd tell Dave Rennie to to fuck off. I would mean, you? I'm going to assume that yeah, he I joins. would. I'd be like, no, no, Dave. I'd be like, no, bat, my, bat myself. Like, I'm, I'm the man. I'm the 13. I, I would suggest you Jones doesn't do that. But <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, I, Dave Rennie's a strong man. He'll respond well. I do to know that what you mean because ultimately, I think Hugh Jones, whilst obviously you know he's, he's big on playing for Glasgow, he also wants to play for Scotland, and ultimately he will not be playing for Scotland at fullback. Uh, exactly. And so the There's moment danger he, that you become a bit of a utility player. And then Dave Rennie's like, well, I can put you on the bench. Yeah. You yeah. Can cover all these positions. It's a bit, bit of a massive kind of... Well, see, we, see how he does this season. But yeah. Pretty big kind of fall I, from grace. It makes me think that they have been... They obviously appreciate that there is that gap at fullback. And I assume they have been trying to get someone, but just haven't been able to get 
anyone mm. at a good enough price. Because yeah. there has been a bit of chat, obviously, Rui Jackson is the main one. There has been the conversations about Stafford McDowell moving to fullback. Seymour, Seymour can Glenn cover Glenn Bryce playing fullback. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like a cover. But back to the prop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think He's here. Not a bad signing. Doesn't feel like that's what Glasgow needed, but we'll take it. What's Siri, what's Siri saying? My Siri. He was actually Siri. saying, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> about the signing. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, best I mean, he is, he is another sort of New Zealand-based prop coming from the Highlanders, like with a difficult to pronounce name, like the Nuke. The Nuke. So, I mean, you'd say the Nuke overall has not been a success. The Nuke's had his moments. Which which moments? Name, <laughs> name, name the moments. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, you know that carry against Munster in round 13, <laughs> am I? But I know what you mean. He, he's not been potentially what we thought he would Probably be. Probably for quite a lot of money as well. <laughs> yeah. Is the Nuke at the World Cup? Yeah, with Tonga. Yeah, he's in Tonga, yeah. Was he playing? Yeah, looking, yeah he was playing. <laughs> was yeah, he? Yeah, oh, yeah, God. 92-point yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. massacre. New Zealand were like, we're going to take a player off just to simulate having 14 men. It's obviously not Scottish rugby, but that's a bit weird, wasn't it? It's a bit like under-13s rugby, isn't it? <laughs> be- the, beating him at 90 points. Like, yeah. If you're preparing, if you want to prepare for the World Cup, it's probably the right thing to do. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Anyway, um, you're a ruthless bastard today. <laughs> yeah, savage. He's changed after he got... Um, yeah, I yeah, know. Into, <laughs> yeah when, you've, when you've been through as much as I have, all right? <laughs> his Facebook's all just things about bringing back the death penalty. He's really, <laughs> gone, he's really gone off the deep end. Well, did you see today there was the survey amongst Scottish people that something 44% want the death penalty? Yeah. Just okay. saying. Come on, no, just move on. I'm just <laughs> saying. Look, Save that for I'm your new saying. alt-right podcast that you're going to be running. <laughs> <laughs> um, other news, very, very positive news. It may be late, but uh, Edinburgh City Council have finally given Edinburgh Rugby permission to build mini Murrayfield on the back uh, pitches. Their seven, uh, 7,800 people stadium is going to be ready for the beginning of next year. It's been something we've talked about ever since we started the pod, Edinburgh needing a home. Good to see it finally getting over the line, yeah? Yeah, no good. It's It needs to happen. Although I did see today that the, um, I don't know whether it was an email from Edinburgh or Scotland, that they were very pushing the news that season ticket membership had reached record levels. Yeah. So, you know, they're mm. doing all right. I guess you just want to, yeah, transfer that into the new place when it happens next year. If you get a, you get an okay team, I mean, I feel like Edinburgh should be selling that out basically mm. every game. I guess that's what they're aiming for. Like, Glasgow is selling out most of their games at Scottsdale now. Yeah. Similar size. They want to get both of them absolutely jumping. And then it's one of those sort of, like, I guess, like Scottsdale and like the wreck down at Bath. It's yeah. sort of semi-permanent. So presumably, yeah, put in more in, if Edinburgh seats. got to a, you know, a big, you know, Champions Cup game or something like that, yeah. or deep into the Pro, Pro 14, mm-hmm. they could probably add on a few more thousand. Or yeah. just move it to Murrayfield. Or just move it to Murrayfield where they have an extra 61, 55,000 <laughs> seats that they could sell. <laughs> Fair play, but very good news. Um, and the Super 6 is kicking off. Not just the marketing budgets kicking off in the Super 6 teams, but they are signing players as well. Lots coming out from the Ayrshire Bulls. Um, and the Southern Knights in particular, they seem to be the ones sort of leading the charge on announcing their players. Matt, you've been keeping an eye on this, haven't you? I have indeed. I find this is the most exciting part of my summer, I think, when they announce these squads. Um, <laughs> so obviously, Air Air. I don't really know why they're feeding it in so sort of piecemeal. But 
Because yeah. by all accounts, I mean, Harriet's, Baramir and Watson's haven't released any players. I think so our it seems understanding like, is all three yeah. have the players. Yeah, but they're not going to do this at the end of the month. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's hype, isn't it? Yeah, so I think, um, so Air... Keep that hype going. Yeah. Got, I mean, got to keep the hype going. They've invested, you know, I'm just guessing, millions on these rebrands. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, they've, yeah, exactly. they've got to get people invested in it. Yeah. Uh, so the Bulls have signed um, so Pete McCallum, who's number eight, who's their captain for the last couple of seasons. Uh, no major surprise. And then some South African lad called, what was it, Quinton something? I can't remember now. Which I thought was quite an interesting one, just because... Is this he, the, lad, the guy from Jersey? Yeah, exactly. He just seems to be the sort of the first guy who no one's probably heard of. He's not like a you know, well-known face in, in Scottish club rugby. Yeah. He has no affiliation to the club or, or the area. And it just kind of seems like this surely is not what Super 6 had in mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I get that. I suppose you do have to bring in players of a certain quality like, if you're not going to be able to staff it with... Yeah. You've got Rather build, than you've got an 18 or 19 year old who's not ready. I do, I do get that, but I could see why some people would be a bit... Do we off. know if he's been playing regularly for... No. I looked, he's hardly played for... Oh, so he's not been playing a lot for He's a complete Jersey. journeyman. Like, oh, right. I think he was at... The, journeyman by the age of 24 as well. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I think he was at the, the non-Super 15 Bulls team yeah. as well. Got you. But I don't know what that really means at that level. Um, and then Southern Knights assigned a kind of a clutch of people with like real sort of borders, roots. But, and some of those guys are like younger players who... Guy like Fraser Rennick, the hooker who's been yeah. playing at Watson's, like he might have designs on playing professional rugby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then someone like Andrew Nagel, who hasn't played for a while but was part of like a really strong Melrose team for for a, for a few years. I mean, he must be about thirty now. Yeah, just under. He's never going to be a pro. Like, I don't know. I find that a bit of an odd signing as well. Yeah. I suppose it's got, it's always going to have to be a mixture of people. There's yeah, not gonna there's got to be a balance. There's yeah. got to be a balance of experienced pros that I suppose will help bring through these younger lads that are sort of coming to that level. And you just got to love rugby so much, though. Yeah, it's a big. Co- then, it is a big then, commitment. A big, to then get, you know, either a new part time job or convince your employer to let you go part time to play in this like new competition, like. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, same. I mean, I, I can't wait for this first match. I'm yeah. really gutted they start in November. I'm really like, interested to see how it goes, what the turnouts are for people to watch it and what yeah. the quality is. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the players that have been signed up so far are all like... All top-end players. Good, yeah, good players. Yeah. Like, at the you know, top end of the club game in, in Scotland. So, will it be that much different to the Premiership? I don't know. Maybe on average... Yeah, I mean, it'll be, it will be slightly better. I don't think it'll yeah. be transformation better. Not massively better. so, though. Still, by and large, similar group of players. Yeah. Well, anyway. We are going to see, and we are enjoying, I have to say, I'm quite enjoying the uh, the rebrands and the you know the commitment to the new identities that the Southern Knights and uh, the Ayrshire Bulls are giving. You know, they're, they're yeah. going for it. I'm quite enjoying yeah. it. There's a bit of banter on social media between them. They're, they're trying to create something, which I think is overall a good thing. And I guess, because I'm assuming you guys can't have the same name for your National 1 team mm. as you do your Super 6 team. So obviously Stirling County have kept their, nas- their, yeah. their t- name, so they're going to be named Stirling County. So they've had to name their club team Stirling Wolves. Yeah. What, where's Wolves come from? 
don't know. <laughs> the reintroduction to, of are, wolves. They are. They're reintroducing ah. wolves. But in, Sterling. in Sterling? I don't think it's yeah. in Sterling. <laughs> but it's interesting. So obviously Melrose have kept their name because they've changed the Super 6. Air have kept their name. It's Harriet's Blues, so which yep. makes me think they're going to be Harriet's. And we already know it's going to be Burmuir Bears. Yeah. I would think. So they're going to be Burmuir. Watsonians have kept... Well, they've, they've got it as Watsonian FC. Yes. That's like the most... Wait, mi- that, that's their Super 6 team? No, no. That is their National 1 team. Okay. So I yeah. think Watsonians were like, we need to change the name. What is the most minimal change we can do? So they're going to have Watsonians for Super 6 and then Watsonian FC Good as their them. National 1 team. <laughs> Smart. It's quite interesting all the mi- like how it's all changed now as well because Watsonian FC went up to Highland in their first cup game yeah. and got absolutely spanked. Yeah. And I mean, I looked at that Watsonian FC, Christ's sake, it's a stupid name, uh, side. And, <laughs> I mean, Cordy Carr's only, ass forever, baby. Only recognised like two or three players. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, I think it's quite a big change to sort of get your head around. No, no, agreed. I'm going to apologise to the people of Sterling listening. Apparently the wolf is a big thing in Sterling. Oh, really? There's like, it's, legend oh. has it, a little over a thousand years ago, Vikings set their sights on, yada, yada, yada. In the dead <laughs> of night, the Norsemen crept up. Basically, the, the foundation story or something to do with Sterling has a wolf. There's a wolf legend. Wait, so the Vikings like introduced wolves? No, no, I think there's no, a, I think the wolves, I think there were wolves already. What are they? Yeah. The, the image team? adorns a shield atop the it's 16th dog, century Mercat Cross on the Broad Street. It's a big thing. Fair. Wolves in Sterling are a big thing. I also okay. thought the Curry Chieftains might very quietly just get rid of the Chieftains. Chieftains. Name, but they kept it. They're like, nope, we have committed <laughs> I like to it. the Curry Chieftains. They were the va- at the vanguard of um, rebrands yeah, in rebrands. Scottish rugby. But, but if it hadn't been for the Super Six, I don't think they would have ever done that. Well, what's the point? No. No. But yeah, fair. Well, there we go. That is the Super 6 update. And they're all going to be playing fixtures against Newcastle Falcons or Newcastle Falcons sort of 15 as they run up to the uh, beginning of the tournament. So it'll be very interesting. That's the first sort of rugby we'll see in results. And uh, we will get a bit of a feel for how that is all um, shaping up. So that is all the news. So let's talk about Scotland and the run-up to the World Cup. Um, very quickly before we do that, a quick word from Find a Player. Sorry for this very brief interruption to some great Scottish rugby content, but we just wanted to send a message from our friends over at Find a Player. It may be September and the rugby season is well underway, but organizing your games can still be a bit of a nightmare. Get yourself onto the App Store and download the Find a Player app. The Finder Blair squad management tool makes organizing a breeze with features that help you to tack numbers so you don't lose count of who's in and out on your WhatsApp group. You can rate your mates after you play them. How good is that? And you can pick teams based on player skills and fitness. So get your squad out of the WhatsApp group and run your team through the Finder Player app. That's on the App Store, Finder Player. And if you use the special code, which you'll find on our Twitter page or in the show um, description of this podcast, you will be added to a group of fellow Thistle listeners. So you will find the best and smartest people in Scotland to add to your team. That is the Find a Player app. Get it on your app store now. Right. So since we last talked, we uh, Gregor Townsend has trimmed the Scotland squad to 31 at a bizarre ceremony. Um, 
at Christ, I've even forgotten Linlithgow where Palace. at Linlithgow Palace. I miss, very, I miss very, very strange. What happened? Birthplace of Mary Queen of Scots. You, did you actually miss it? Well, I, was, I, was, I was in Vegas. I was going to watch that. Were they not streaming it in <laughs> Vegas? What, at 3, at 3 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> it was a very strange ceremony, and I understand the visual of it. I think they started, they worked their way you know, from the picture they wanted, which was the squad, yeah. standing in front of Linlithgow Palace. Yeah. And then they're like, right, how can we get them there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think it just led to this weird thing where Gregor Townsend went from being head coach to being like a sort of like amateur MC, reading yeah. out all of the players' CVs as yeah, they came that, down that the hill. Was, I think, the weirdest bit. Like, obviously, that's ha- that, that can work in a video where it's a voiceover. Exactly, yeah. Like the other home nations have done. but And then because it was raining and like the order went funny. He was clearly being told to hurry it up. So he was, what, yeah. is, what was it he said about S- Simon Bergen? He said he was like the fittest prop in the world. Or was, Alan so, Dell was I it? think it was Alan Dell. It was, like, it was so weird. It was really weird. <laughs> and there was things that he was, he's obviously been handed this script by the comms team and he was saying things and he was just like, oh, Stuart McAnally is a world renowned hooker. And he's like, is he? Like, or as an example, but he was sort of doing little asides to himself because uh, he was okay, reading yeah, this yeah, document yeah. clearly like for the, it first, was the time. first time he read it. Yeah, um, and then, yeah. So and it was very strange. It was raining thing. as well. It was and raining. So apparently, if you were there, you could you could actually obviously there's a crowd that went, but you could see the squad before they'd be announced, but yes. waiting yeah. to run up. So well, people were like, okay, well, like I can see Ryan Wilson. He's in the squad. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it was all a bit funny. And I think, like, obviously, it was, it was standing in the rain and, like, these professional athletes and things like that. It's not the end of the world. But, like, Rambo would have, because he was first out as captain, he would have been standing in the rain in his, like, yeah, shorts for, like, 25 minutes, half an hour as the whole thing came down. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> it's all very strange. But anyway, we have a squad. Mm-hmm. And followers of the uh, the Thistle Twitter account will have known that um, have known we got the, squad the, inside, uh, the inside scoop on that squad. Um Particularly the uh, probably the most controversial decision, which is to leave Roy Hudson and Hugh Jones at home in favour of Pete Horn and Chris Harris in the centre. Obviously, in the t- past two weeks since this has happened, there's been lots written and lots said of it. But guys, any top line thoughts on the squad and particularly that centre partnership? On the centre partnership, I think it means they've know they know exactly what they want their starting centres to be. And the two others are there to, to try and not lose games, but not really to win games. Mm. Yeah, exactly. They've defense. I suppose the mantra that's been trotted out a million times is defense is going to win the World Cup more than you know glitzy attack. And Scotland are like Harris. Peter Horn can't tackle though. <laughs> You're in a punchy mood tonight. <laughs> Who's a better defender, Peter Horn or Hugh Jones? Hugh Jones. But they don't play the same position. Okay, but. But That's a hypothetical yeah, question. I think I would have understood the selection more if a Duncan Taylor and Sam Johnson had played more together. They, they never played together in a game until on Friday. And if they weren't both, they are both injury prone. Mm. Like, like I know Duncan Taylor might be the most injury prone player mm. in the team, but Sam Johnson, Sam Johnson, Sam Johnson, Johnson. is also very yeah. injury prone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't that surprised by the Hugh Jones one. I thought the writing was on the wall that yeah. he hasn't played well for the, like the past year, really. Yeah, um, and I I just got the sense that Townsend didn't really have any issue with cutting him. 
Yeah. You know, he's got his favorites, but I think that, yeah, that that was on the ball. But I, I really thought Hutchinson, particularly after that Georgia match, where, I mean, what else is he meant to do? Like, yeah. He played really, really well, showed, like, played, showed exactly what he could do. Um, and I just still think there would be a place for him. The fact that he can cover a lot of positions as well. Um, the fact that he's still a bit of an unknown quantity like, yep. is pretty rare. And I don't think you should be chucking in new people, but when you're tr- when someone's trying to analyze the Scotland team, like, there's, there's not very much tape of him playing for Scotland at least. Yeah. And I agree. I agree with Alan, the point that I, I mean, I'd be very happy if you got Johnson and Taylor as your starting centers, but once again, you're going into a world cup where they have played one game together. Yeah. Against Georgia. Again, I, I think that's mad. Yeah. I, I know you want to get your best players in and they've, this is the only time they've all been fit and everything, but it just seems like he's placing a tremendous amount of faith in Duncan Taylor. And, they, and I mean, whilst Taylor has played quite a few times for Saracens at 13, he's only played three times for Scotland at 13. Yeah. Mm. And he's been good. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I fully back good. him to do a job there. Yes. Um, and I think Johnson and Taylor did look, they looked the part against Georgia, albeit against Georgia. They did look very, you know, decent together they obviously understand how to play and they're mm. both individually very classy skillful players yes so it does make yeah. sense and they're and both I, very both very solid defenders yeah and but, I, I suppose sort of the the pete horn maybe harris is that defensive center he's yes. been pretty good in the warm-ups to be fair to him i, I thought harris had maybe just better than we expected in that second france game he definitely yeah. not only did he score that winning try with a very good line mm. it, it was a very strong defensive performance and then i suppose yes. with with pete horn it's probably probably two things that if you play him at 12 then i think Townsend obviously thinks of him as like a second pl- um, playmaker yeah and i think actually if Townsend does want to play this like fastest game of rugby or fastest style of rugby or whatever yeah like having that kind of player at 12 can help. And then yeah. also, although he's never covered himself in glory at 10, I still think that Townsend doesn't really trust Hastings to do the job there. Yeah. So, so why is he taking them then? Uh, I don't know. Play the Russia game? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Get experience. I mean, my, my brother texted me and said, you know, why take Hastings and Horn if it's about covering 10? Mm. But I think you're happy to have Horn as cover you're not happy to start Horn. Yeah. So you know, you've got right. Horn yes. there, so it yeah. frees up the bench. And yeah. in the worst case scenario, Russell goes down. I mean, we're fucked anyway, so it <laughs> doesn't really matter. Might as well go down in a blade But I think if Russell goes down and you've got another game to play, you'll want to be able to start Hastings. Yes. So that I, I kind of get that, if I'm honest. Well, yeah, exactly. That's when that's where someone like... Um, Harris doesn't have so much utility, or, or Johnson, for example, wouldn't have so much utility off the bench. Yeah. And a, a lot of people were saying that like Hutchinson has played 10 and stuff, but he hasn't really. He hasn't really. Under 20. Yeah. That'd be a not. lot to ask. No. I mean, Blair Kinghorn's played 10 for the Scotland under 20s. Yeah. So, like I guess... 12, though. The point that you made, which, and I think this relates to Matt Ferguson as well, what did, what could... Do you think going into that, the Georgia game before the selection... Hutchison and Ferguson could have done anything to get in that squad because I don't really know what more Townsend was expecting of both those players and therefore it makes me think that actually even before that game he made his mind up made his mind up because ultimately if he was like 
I want you to go and prove to yeah, me yeah. you're in this yeah. team. Both of those players tick the box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. They stepped up. I thought Vegasin was in that first game, in the highlights that I mm. saw, looked like he'd really stepped up and it sounds in the commentary like he had. And obviously Hutchison looked really, really good in attack and does bring a... I know Taylor is really, really good, but Hutchison is probably our best attacking centre, I think. At, at the moment. On, at the moment. Yeah. On his current form. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Definitely. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think you need to, in the back, moving on to the back rowers, maybe the other controversial area was that the, the chat was that obviously the Skinner injuries had a big impact. Yeah. Yes. I think if he'd been fit, then Wilson probably wouldn't have gone. Is That's what, what they're is saying. What yeah. Hearing. So then that would free up a space to take a Bradbury or a Fagerson. Yes. Which That's where it just felt like the fact you haven't taken either of those. I think that's what shot most people actually. Yeah, because we know we've got Blade, I suppose, but there's not really an out-and-out, like, super abrasive ball carrier in that any of those back row options. Do you think... Hamish Blade, John... Uh, sorry, Hamish Watson, but... Has Blade... Again, I, I haven't been able to see the games, but in the hearts I've seen, Blade hasn't been standing out as this, like, making big abrasive no. yards. And it doesn't appear that he's been... And on stats, he's not been making loads no, of... No, not run. at all. It's, it's another one... I where think. I think Townsend would give, put a lot of faith in him and give him the benefit of doubt. He's not been bad at all. But at the moment, he's looking like likely to start yeah. number eight against Ireland. Yeah. I, I put it in the same column as Duncan Taylor. Obviously, Duncan Taylor had more cash in the bank with Scotland. But I think in Townsend's mind, it was. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If they get through these four games fit, I'm taking them. I'm not sure Townsend needed convincing on Blade. I think he's obviously invested quite a lot of time in him and things like that. And putting him in these squads and bizarre, bringing though. him in. Yeah. I I agree. And I think we do miss, like, obviously, I think Bradbury just got Bradbury's done over the by the fact that he's injury. had the injury. Yeah. He's clearly the next cab off the rank because he's traveled with the squad to cover yeah. off Jamie Ritchie. But you do miss that really sort of aggressive. Who's getting over the gain line? 
in that Scotland starting eight? Well, what, in the whole pack? In the whole pack. Who's getting well, over suppose, the game I suppose line? it's going to have to be played Thompson, and then it's going to be Watson. And McAnally. And McAnally. And McAnally. Those are your three ball... They throw yeah. up against that Ireland. I know we're not going to do yeah, that in preview, yeah. but you look at how many ball carriers have Ireland got in that starting eight. It's nothing new, though, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose um, it's, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it, but it's, it, would it, have, it would have added a nice option to the mix. Yeah. But as I say, I think the Skinner injury really sort of forced Townsend's hand. Absolutely. Um, how about this email from Alistair McFadgen, long-term listener. He said, just want to say congratulations on the 100th episode. It's always great listen and really appreciate you guys taking the time to make it. In terms of our boys in blue, I was fairly happy overall with the warm-up games, obviously with the exception of Nice and the squad selection. Gutted for Rory Hutchinson, um, but he's a shoo-in for at least the squads from now on. In particular, I feel that we are beginning to actually see some game management from Scotland and an attempt to play in the right areas. What do you think? Looking forward to the World Cup. Do you think we saw that from Scotland in the warm-ups? Um, I, th- I think uh, the first like 50-60 minutes against Georgia was very controlled. Yep. But I don't know how much you read into that because Georgia were pretty woeful. But I, but I think obviously sort of beyond the nice tries that Scotland that we know Scotland can score, I felt like Finn and, and Laidlaw had had the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, I think that's one from, thing. Apart from that, not maybe a little bit against France. I not, think this. I think the second half of the France game at Murrayfield. I think you saw a yeah. controlled Scotland that were thinking we need to just eke our way back into this game. And I think that was very well controlled. And I think the first 50 minutes in Tbilisi, mm-hmm. Scotland's control and their game management just did not let Georgia get out the blocks yeah. at all. And they were yeah. put to bed by halftime, which I thought was yeah, impressive. The, one, of the, one of the more impressive bits about that victory, and once again, I don't know what you can read into it, was the fact that obviously when Scotland brought on a lot of their subs and Georgia brought on like an all-new front row, they all came with three of them at the same time. Yeah. Terrifying, yeah. And Georgia had a bit of momentum, scored that try, but then Scotland managed to win. I'd say that last eight to ten minutes quite comfortably, yeah, with a pretty controlled display of of rugby. Um, but I, as I say, I don't know much you could read into it. I think in the two games where we had to show control, which was the second test against France, where we had to go and win, I really felt we had to go and win that. They at least for a portion of the game showed a lot of control. And then when the heavy hitters were there for the the first Georgia game, yeah, they managed to control massive portions of that game. I think ultimately in that second Georgia game, kind of the squads announced it was a bit of a ragtag. Some of the there was a few, a lot of the heavy hitters were wrapped up in cotton wool and taken. Yeah, out. absolutely. I was saying this to you. They sort of advertised the game online with a picture of Russell, Greig. Barkley and Watson and McAnally and literally none of them played. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're not allowed anywhere near this pitch. But yeah. So I think, you know, whilst you obviously want them to be controlling all the games, I think in the two that they had to, mm. or we yeah, you'd expect them to, they managed to they managed to show glimpses of that. Yeah. And so that kind of fills me with a little bit more optimism. And it's do you think it is the strongest Scotland squad they've ever had at a rugby world cup? Ninety ninety one. What's the strongest squad? 91. 91. Who's in the 91 squad? Big Gav, Big Scott, and David Soule. <laughs> Who'd win a game Calder. now? Calder. Calder came out of retirement. I was yeah. reading that today. David uh, Soule. Yeah. 
We've already said David Soul. <laughs> We've run out of names. <laughs> yeah. Certainly uh, the best kit. Body Weir. Body Weir. A Laid Law was in there, maybe. <laughs> I don't think Craig so. Chalmers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unreal Squad. Yeah, I mean, we weren't around then. It might have been really no. bad. <laughs> Since I we got I was, to like I two years, old. I sort of have faint memories of '95, but I don't really remember it. I don't remember Since '99, which is probably the first World Cup that I remember, I'd say this is the best squad that we have. And I think if you compare it, especially to four years ago, I think there is definitely more depth. And and actually, even the first team is much stronger than what we had four years ago. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because you. you you look back on that squad and you just don't really know where they're going to be in four years' time. I know. You can look back and be like, bloody hell, how did we have that guy? Like, yeah, someone like true. Kevin Bryce in the squad and not <laughs> Fraser Brown. And in fact, Fraser Brown wasn't in the squad, not McAnally. Well, like four years ago, I remember I, we all thought Mark Bennett was going to go on and be potentially a line centre. Mm. And in, to be fair to him, yeah, yeah injuries. Know, yeah, injuries. He, and then I mean, he had the Olympics and then just injuries of really. I mean, the last Scotland squad as well, like John Hardy came over having never played. A game for Edinburgh. First time yeah. he was in Scotland. He yep. was in Scotland training squad. And then Blair Cowan came in. Hugh Blake was in the wider training squad. Come no, on. I know. Like, leave Hugh Blake alone. It does feel, it does feel that, it does feel that we've got depth everywhere yeah, I, I agree. apart from at loose head prop. Yep. Yes. I think at loose Don't head worry. prop, Alan Dow and Gordy Reid. I really hope for the last four weeks... Oh, the thing is, Dell is fit enough. He's got the good enough hands. He's good enough around the park to be an international loose head prop. Yes. The only thing is scrummaging. For four weeks, all he should have been doing is scrummaging. Scrummaging. Yeah. Because that 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 is such a linchpin of how this team could do. Because if we go against Ireland, and I don't know when he's going to be against Tag Furlong, he'll be against Furlong, Furlong, and he gets fucked. Yeah. Then and lose and gives away three or four penalties. Yeah. It'll just completely... It'll be like, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a rubbish. Like, it's stu- it completely starts. And so, you know, maybe, I don't know, it depends what they've been doing. Do you go Gordy? I think, no, I, I, I just don't think Gordon Reed gives you enough outside of the scrum to, ha- to be in that starting team. It's that trade-off though, isn't it? Of having a solid scrum and then having someone who's basically a complete passenger in the loose can maybe hit rocks. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. I think there's enough in that Scotland team that I would I'm just be looking tempted up just to pick someone to shore up the scrum. I'm just looking up who started it. I mean, again, it, yeah, it's... He started... Allendale started at Loosehead in 2017 when we beat Ireland in the Six Nations. There you go. Cool. Was Furlong playing? He was. Hmm? Furlong and Jack McGrath and Rory Best. So, actually... Is that the front row? We just target the lineup. Roy Best like suddenly can't throw into lineup. Their lineup, yeah, is, and actually Furlong sort of come up and over. He's not the same yeah, player that he was twenty seventeen. Um, Lions. And Ireland without Toner in the lineup, it's like Ireland are there for the taking. They massively. This is hundred percent. This is the name. We'll talk about it next week. But I think I've increasingly been getting that. I know, hope. which is but that's I've been the, increasingly getting the hope. It's the common pitfall. That was a great pack. Dell Brown, Fagerson, Richie Gray, Johnny Gray, Wilson, Watson, and Strauss, 2017. That's mm. fantastic. That's really nice. I think if we... I know, I know we're not going to go looking at Ireland, but if we think about that starting 15... Yeah. What is Scotland's starting 15? Yeah. It really feels... And again, 
please feel free to disagree that there's only three positions that are potential well four positions mm-hmm. that are potentially struggle i think wp and l and mcanally are nailed on absolutely yeah yep i, I don't think yeah, yeah they are yeah, wp is yeah. going to yeah. lose lose his place then you've got the gordy alan dell yeah i think townsend wants to play dell yeah and I he, think he, he got, possibly he saw Nell, does Nell like give you enough solidity? I know it's only one side of the scrum, but yeah, that's who you take as your scrummaging prop because Nell's like decent in the loose, but not as mobile. I think if you have Dell. Nell, if you have mm. Nell and Gordy, you're losing one and a half players in the loose essentially. Yeah, yeah. no, I think uh, maybe and maybe that's fair actually. It's you know if you want to play Nell, you can play Dell. If you're playing Ferguson, you have to play Reed. Yeah, to give you that balance. Well, Ferguson, yeah. Ferguson got binned against Georgia last week. Was that at the scrum? Is it the scrum? Yeah, mm. he chucked both of them off there. He was just like, "You guys are fucking right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, what are the other positions then that you're? So, I think it kind of feels like Gray's the second rows definitely yeah. starting. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, and I kind of it feels like the mood's going towards coming. Yeah, I was just about to say he's timed his run. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. well, so well, and yeah, he looks. Yeah. He looks a different player, even just over the last like four weeks. It feels like yeah. him or Gilchrist. I think so. Yeah, you think? I, I doubt you'd go Gray and Tulis, right? I just can't. I don't know. I just can't see that happening. Gray. Yeah. And T- well, it was Tulis and Gilchrist played obviously an awful lot for Edinburgh and for mm. Scotland last year very well. Yeah. So what we're saying it could be Gray and Cummings. I. Cummings I, is very I, athletic. He's quick. Yeah, I think Gilchrist. I mean, Gilchrist. Also offers you like quite a lot of leadership. Yes, and he was he was captain in the first Georgia game when all the subs went off. I think, and he's like played so many times under Townsend that I think he's got quite. And a He's lot also of credit. played very well. Exactly. I think yeah. Gray and Gray I think him and, and Gilchrist are like kind of similar players as well. Gray and Gilchrist makes sense to me as that starting second row yeah. with Cummings on the bench. Cummings offering more off the Gilchrist bench than Tours calls the line out as well. Yeah. So. I you, guess, you wouldn't want to give it to like Cummings coming in there and yeah, calling the line out. No, uh, probably the, not. The main reason you would potentially pick Cummings with Gilchrist is he's just a more dynamic. He a dynamic ball carrier. And if we are lacking ball carriers, then Cummings gives you like. Whilst I really like Gilchrist, he is all about the zero yard off nine. Yeah, like much right. like Rich, Johnny Gray is. I feel like John Gray is like a 0.5 yard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Directly sideways off nine. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, what were the other? Number eight? Is that one of them? Or? So. Are we assuming that Watson's starting at seven and Barkley's starting at six? Yes. That is where I was going with it. Mainly because, and I don't, it's an interesting one with Barkley because obviously he has been out for this year and then he hasn't played particularly well in the warm up games. But yes, I think he's done enough though. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, maybe those matches, it's just sort of like, mate, just go and put in as much work rate as possible. Like get your fitness back by yeah. rocking and tackling. It's probably things that you don't really see yeah. that much. I mean, yeah. I wonder if Richie would have made a push. I mean, Richie's probably the, the back row, I mean, outside of Watson that deserves to be in that back three mm, based on fantastic, perform- yeah. performances. Yeah. But no, if, it feels like it's going to be Watson and Barkley. And it feels like we played our best with those two in the six and seven positions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then it's a sh- 
well, it depends if Bradbury's in the team, you know. You you could, if Bradbury gets yep. in the squad, you've got then Thompson, Wilson and Bradbury who could all play eight. And the situation is that Bradbury has until Saturday. Yeah. So another 48 hours from time of recording. But then it's, it's just... We, and if he's not, if it's not, you know, Richie's declared fit and in the squad, Bradbury stays? Yeah. And if not, does Bradbury have to go all the way back to Scotland? But, You're not but, just going like a Scotland supporters tour. Can it, you're, surely, just see him in the, you're just seeing him in the crowd, like surely face he painting, can, going mental. But surely he can just go and like cool his heels in Tokyo for yeah. a bit. How are they going to stop him? <laughs> oh, I'm tracking at Mount Fuji. Brett Gosper is just like, I'm going to find you. <laughs> P-shows, P-shows <laughs> yeah, after him. P-shows, like. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I agree. But as you were saying beforehand, why are Scotland not sort of just putting up like five or six choice players in... I, d- I don't understand. In, in their civvies. At like, least until the Pro, the Pro 14 starts... In two weeks. For the first two weeks, or like for the first week or two of the Rugby World Cup, why don't you have a prop, a second row, a back row, donkey wear. A couple of backs. Plus row donkey wear. In, in, in like a flat in Tokyo. Just they, they might be. With one strength and conditioning coach who's off the books. <laughs> All paid for in cash. Yeah. In yen. Yeah. Straight yen. In yen, they've got, be- of yen. they've got a bench press and a squat rack in like a tiny little apartment in <laughs> they Tokyo. They can't leave unless anyone, yeah, unless have- P-Shot sees them in the streets. Exactly, they've, yeah. They've got to put up like an Instagram photo once a few days pretending they're on holiday. Yeah, exactly, Just yeah. as a group. But yeah, <laughs> no. And then last position I was thinking was winger. Winger, yeah. Feels like the rest of the, and, and, and when I say winger, Maitland and Hogg, 100% start. Yeah. And, Graham, that's that's who I'd go for. I, I wouldn't kind of mind either. You know, five tries in seven games for Scotland. Yeah, and I think I don't know. Maybe against Ireland, you'd be tempted to pick Seymour. In recent years, they've been really good under the high ball. Yeah, I think Graham's pretty good, but yeah, he's short. Exactly. Although that he might be up against Stockdale. The, the, the most impressive, yeah. the most impressive thing, Stockdale's left wing. Yeah, I don't know what Darcy Graham normally uh, right wing. Uh, Maitland normally plays I don't know they're all yeah, right I think wings. he plays <laughs> anyway but yeah I thought one of the most impressive things Darcy did against Georgia was when he took that cross field kick wore the hit and then popped inside to Kinghorn yeah. yeah to set up that try like he was back to like back to the pitch basically the guy hit him in the back was pushing him towards the line, and he still managed to hold him up with enough strength to pop it back inside to Kinghorn. You couldn't have done that. I could have done that. You couldn't have done I that. I could have. It wasn't that difficult. You would have been... He say, he's, I mean, he did save what was admittedly a shit kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was more impressive in the Man, first game is. against Georgia when he was like getting in amongst it and yeah. actually like running at and through these absolute beasts. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm kind of relaxed about him or Seymour because Seymour's not been the Tommy Seymour of a few years ago. Mm. No. He's not at that sort of super top level anymore. Yeah. So I'll take either. Mm. So there we go. Well, we'll come back. We will talk about Arnold in much, much more depth um, next week as we preview it. Hopefully once the squad has been announced, we'll come back to you when we're going to be recording. Alan, you've got a little quiz, don't you? I do have a little quiz. But, which but is a l- I was just going to say, before we get into that, we've right. had a great email from Stuart Ruin. Um, it says, good evening, chaps. Hope you can read this one out before we 
absolutely horse Ireland in the World Cup <laughs> opener. He says, I'm based in Sydney and an avid listener to the pod, which rem- provides me the necessary remedy for all my Scottish rugby withdrawals. I'm hoping that I'm not alone in this foreign land and that there are many other Thistle fans who will be up for watching the Ireland game together. I live in an area which is dangerously pad heavy and will need the counterbalance at the pubs. If so, please do get in touch. Feel free to share my email address. Um, love your work. So that's Stuart in Sydney. So it's just a big shout out. Anyone who's listening in Oz um, and wants to watch the Scotland game with Stuart, get a gr- gang together of Thistle fans, get in touch. So slide into the DMs on uh, Twitter, I suppose, this, at Thistle Rugby Pod, or send us an email, thethistlerugby at gmail.com, and we'll connect you. Let's get a little Thistle party going on in Sydney. For sure. Now, I, I was a bit upset that I didn't get offered to go to someone's house in Vegas. I thought we'd at least have one fan in yeah, Vegas. I, I thought we would have one listener One in Californian Vegas. fan. You could have made a detour to go and meet them. Yeah, but no, no shouts. The guy who's, um, what's that police show with, um, well, where, they inve- where they investigate the police? The wire? Um, no, the what? UK one. Line of Duty. Line of, Line of Duty. Duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That main guy, that's got Oh, Martin Constant. Martin Constant. He lives in Vegas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah, got, yeah. he's got tenants on tap in Vegas. I know. I was thinking about sliding into his DMs, but I thought he would ignore me, so I didn't do it. <laughs> massive maybe, cel- maybe massive Celtic fan. Tenants and, yeah, and Celtic. Yeah, he is a massive Celtic fan. I don't know if he's a rugby fan. I just know he's a massive mm, Celtic fan. I know. Um, but no, no one, no one in California got in touch with me. And, well, that's uh, a shame, but we will keep trying. If people yeah. are in Sydney, there is a Thistle fan out there looking to watch the Scotland game, so please do get in touch with him. Alan, take us to the end of our 100th episode with... So it's a bit of a ramshackle sort of mix of squad slash a review of the Thistles 100 years. 100 years. It's been a big (laughs) old 100 years. Go on then. I'm going to exclude Bradbury from this because he's a little bit in limbo at the moment. Yeah. But who are the three players that started against England who are not in the World Cup squad, either due to selection or injury? Very interesting indeed. Let me just run. And that's the starting 15, not the 23. There's three players who are in the starting 15 who are not on the flight to Japan. Okay. Ooh, that's tough, man. Ooh. Okay. In the, in the starting 15. Starting, starting 15. 15. Who, as you said, excluding Bradbury? Yeah. So it was Bradbury started eight. Yeah, yeah, he did. He's going to try. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I've, I've only, I think I've got one of them. I All right, I've we'll, come, we'll, we'll come back to this. Okay. Okay, so more Thistle-related. Let's look back over the last three years. What three words did Stephen Jones describe the Thistle podcast in February oh, uh, 2017? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, I think I've got that. What player was Dave referring to sarcastically in season one when he said take my eyes before you take X <laughs> oh I think I've got that um, I did used to have a big thing against. was one. he later a guest on the podcast no are you sure I don't think so do you think he was a guest no no okay I don't think so <laughs> okay I'll probably run that who was the first current player to appear on the pod First current player. To current appear. professional rugby player to appear in the pod. Ah, I think I've got it. 
current player, yeah. And who was the first current former rugby player to appear in the pod? That doesn't make any sense. The current former first rugby player. Current, as in now. <laughs> yes. So he's a former, former rugby player rugby now. Rugby player. He's a former rugby player now. Now. Potentially. He could have been a former rugby player then. He might be now. I don't know. I don't know. Right. What do you mean you don't know you don't know the answer? <laughs> <laughs> I do know, obviously. Wait, I'm sorry, I genuinely don't understand. Who was the first former about. rugby player to come on the pod? Oh, I think I know both of these actually, yeah. Great times. What, so they're retired now? They were retired then, all right. Then. <laughs> okay. I was trying to make it more difficult. By not speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> um and then finally we're gonna play complete the episode title. Oh no. Nice. Oh god, okay. Um Something, I'm going to go with booze, something, and foreign imports. Uh, I think it we'll was the we'll episode. I think it was the episode where um, after Bradbury had been made to Edinburgh captain, and he uh, knocked his head off a pavement. Essentially, so booze, oh. something, oh. and foreign imports. Okay, maybe the second one is. Jim Telfer's something something. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Next one is CSI something. Oh, I know. Oh, that yeah, one. yeah. And then the last one is Mark Bennett and something something. Oh, yes, I got that. Ah, uh, yeah. And right. Okay. Right. I think I've got I've done much better on the only question that was not to do with <laughs> rugby. <laughs> so, three players who were in the starting 15 against England in this year's Six Nations but are not on the plane. Dave, who's your first one? The only name I wrote down was Hugh Jones, but then I remembered he was injured, so then so, I have so zero. So Hugh Jones didn't play. <laughs> so then I've got I actually have zero names. I can't think who played 13 though. So who have you got? I've got McGuigan. McGuigan started on the wing. By McGuigan, yes, good shout. I've got Batty. Batty did not start. Um, I mean, I've got none, so. Give us a clue. So, one forward, one back. You've got back row. Back row, not in the squad. That's Strauss? Not, nope. That's not Bradbury. Bradbury at eight. Not Ferguson. Uh, don't right. know. Sam Skinner started at six. Oh, oh yes, okay. Yeah. And then Another your last back. man is the thirteen. Is it someone really like random? You'll kick yourself because we were chatting about. I remember chatting about this afterwards and how frustrated we were with the first half. Greg, Greg. Oh, Nick Greg. Of course, yeah. Yes, yeah. Nick Greg started at thirteen. Sammy J and Nick Greg. Jeez. What? How were... did we come back in that game? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what were the three words that Stephen Jones described the podcast in February 2017? I've got pure baby drivel. I've Correct. got baby drivel. I'd absolute, but I think it is pure. It is pure baby it's drivel. Pure baby drivel. Okay, to you. One of our favorite reviews, actually. Yeah. I know. Very early pure... on as well. Like, I know. Like four months in. We're, we're making waves. Stephen pure, Jones just went after pure us. Pure baby drivel. He saw an upstart. He's like, killing this right now. <laughs> um... Matt, what player was Dave referring to sarcastically in season one when he said, tape my eyes before you take X? Well, I'm only saying it because I think we've had, particularly Dave's had a bit of a conversion around him. Was it Ben Tullis? 
I thought it was Ben Tulis, but I think I was much harsher on Ben Tulis. I think it was maybe Donkey Weir. No, it was Ben Tulis. Was it Ben Tulis? <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yes. Because I remember you used to always say, if Ben Tulis is the answer, what is the question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my I think my Ben Tulis line was, um, he's stealing a living. Yeah, that's it. As a professional Maybe I've player. got it the wrong way around. I'll double check this later. I'm not entirely nah, sure, but right, I think right. I think you're right. And I do apologize. I think Ben Tulis is quite good now. <laughs> First current player to appear in the pod? Adam Ash. I've got Adam Ash as well. Johnny Beatty. Ah. Mm. Adam Ash close. came afterwards. And the former player? Joansborough. Joansborough. Correct. Joansborough yeah. was the first one. Joansborough was a good lad. Joansborough yeah, was, was great. Nice he was guy. great. Joansborough was yeah, really, really good. He was really Floating good. in from uh, Dumfrieshire. He was in Dalloway. But he's still working at Harrow, isn't he? I don't actually know. I know. Anyway. We should maybe get him back on the pod. Yeah, it'd be good. Let's get him back on the pod. Yeah. Booze, what, and foreign imports? I had fags. I had fags as well. It was booze, Russians, and foreign imports. Wait, what was the context? I don't really know. So, <laughs> so you're absolutely correct in the fact that it was just after the Bradbury and Hardy news had come out. And I was reading on it and it says, in our description, it says, Alan also entertains us with a quiz regarding Russians and Scottish rugby's favourite alcoholic drinks. No idea what that was about and didn't bother to listen. Sounds like... Great. Sounds, as ever, it sounds like a great. I thought it was fags. We thought it was so funny. I, I thought it was fags because I remember yeah. sitting in the Hanover Tap on Hanover Street and seeing Magnus Bradbury outside, absolutely steaming, Peaking. chewing his way through 20 Marlboro lights. <laughs> <laughs> so, could have been that. Who knows? Jim Telfer's brown tea. Yeah, I didn't have that. You know, yeah, Jim Telfer's brown tea. So that was before. The absolute pummeling at Twickenham. Yeah. And I think yes. they made a specific reference to his I think they, brown tea yeah, in the yeah. Daily Mail. Wasn't it something like contrasting with like the guy who's having a green tea or something? Yeah. It's like, what is that? Yeah, yeah that was it. Like, what's this bullshit? <laughs> the annual Jim Telfer article in the yeah. Daily Mail yeah. before we, we play England. Before we should six points. nicely yeah. on to the next question. Yes. CSI. Twickenham. It was picking over the bones. The CSI next podcast Twickenham, yeah. CSI Twickenham. And then the last one, Mark Bennett and... Team Weird. Team Weird. Team said Blair weird. Kinghorn was the, the leader Member of Team of. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> he was good as well, actually. No, he was. Oh, we fun times, haven't we? No, Mark Bennett was great. Yeah, yeah, he was good. No. So, yeah. Hoping he can have a big season, to be fair. Coming off, like, good preseason fit. Yeah. Yes. No. Be good having Mark. He got in the Times um, Scotland World Cup, like, best ever World Cup team. He was starting at 13. Just for that really? moment. Just saying that he, because I think that year he got he nominated was, for World Breakthrough Player. Of he the year. was awesome yeah. that year. So, do you see the Times did two best fifteens in the world? Yeah, and I did. Two Scotland t- players got in. Yeah, did you see it? No, I didn't see it. Yeah, Watson and Hogg. they did a first fifteen and a second fifteen, and they were both in the second fifteen. Watson and Hogg. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, Hogg's not played that well for the last year and a half. Yeah, Liam Williams is top pick. I was like. Can't really argue with that. Yeah. I think Ardy Severe was top ahead of Watson. I don't think him and Watson... Not, I don't think they're that far off. Severe is comparable, playing for New yeah. Zealand, but... Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is your 100th episode of The Thistle. Thank you very much for uh, sticking around. Um, get yourself on to beer52.com forward slash thistle. Get yourself some beers to the World Cup. Get on Find a Player. Manage your sports team on there, on the App Store. Nice and easy. We will be back next week previewing Scotland's first game in the Rugby World Cup. How exciting is that? 
episode 101 next week. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.